Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Hi, friends, and welcome back to The Rework. Today's guest is Stacy Haymeyer. She is Allison Tyler Jones' studio manager, a fabulous retoucher and photographer, and we are talking about quality over quantity. Stacy had her own photography business that she started right about the same time that I started mine. And we met when she photographed my son's wedding in 2016. And she started working for us on a contract basis, helping out with retouching during the busy season. And slowly, we started to see what an amazing person she was, and we wanted her for ourselves. And so she closed her portrait photography business. She's still shooting some weddings and came to work with us at Allison Tyler Jones Photography. And that was a transition for her and for us. And we're talking about how that happened and the challenges present in that transition and the great things that have come out of that. So I can't wait for you to hear the conversation. Hopefully you'll get something great out of it for your own business. Let's do it. I am so excited to welcome to the podcast, our very own Stacey Haymeyer. Hello. I'm so so excited to be here. Okay. I want to tell our listeners a little bit. We have a lot of curiosity around our team and uh, people have asked questions. And so I want to just kind of talk about how we met. So why don't you tell how you see that? And I'll tell you how I remember it. How I perceived meeting you. (laughs) So Mesa is a small town and a big town at once. And I ran in similar circles to you. You have a background in scrapbooking. You owned your own store. I have a background in scrapbooking. I used to, in air quotes, professionally scrapbook for people. I love it. And after years, people said, you know, your biggest talent is actually in your photography. And I had taken classes in both high school and college, but I'd never really considered it a career. I thought it was an art, a hobby. So in 2004, I placed an ad in our local like little neighborhood newspaper that just said, photographer looking to build portfolio, I'll take your family pictures for $20. Awesome. (laughs) So that's where I started. But I quickly heard of you because you started really similar time to me in the photography industry. So I'd heard of you. I knew two of your husband's brother's families. And I'd heard of you. I had your old scrapbooking book from a hundred years ago that you published. I think, was that your first book you published? Designing with photos. Yep. Okay. So I had that, did not realize it was you until later on, but I had, I owned that book. And so I admired your work. In fact, I had a client, 
I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I had a client once who took her big portrait, family portrait to the framer. And the framer said, oh, is this an Allison Tyler Jones photo? And I hadn't really connected with you at that point, but my client was like, she's really good. That is such a huge compliment. <laughs> and this was a decor unique. How that, funny. So it was Rob, a hundred yeah. years ago, Rob, who's our framer. So just funny coincidences here and there. And then I'd seen your work. And since you got the studio, I'd seen you on the internet and thought you were amazing, but never had met you, never gone to a class with you or anything. And in 2016, I was hired by a bride to do a wedding and I was doing their bridles and we did them a few weeks before the ceremony. So while we were there, the groom says to me, oh yeah, my mom's a photographer. And I kind of quietly rolled my eyes. <laughs> everyone's mom's a photographer. Who isn't, right? Yeah, exactly. So I was like, yeah, whatever. And I did their wedding and, or I did those portraits, went beautifully. I came home and like two days later, I got their wedding announcement in the mail. And I pull it out. And the minute I saw it, it was Allison Tyler Jones photography. It was, your style is so recognizable. And so I instantly knew that it was you who took it. And my first thought was, I wonder why they hired me to do the wedding. Cause you used to do weddings. I didn't mm -hmm. realize that you'd quit weddings. So I was like, why would they hire me to do the wedding when they can have Allison? <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, the groom's last name is Jones. Oh my gosh. His mom is Allison Tyler Jones. <laughs> so I was like, okay, do I fangirl at the wedding? Do I just kind of act cool? What do I do? So at the wedding, I was so busy. I didn't have time to do anything. And later in between the formal family portraits and the reception, you actually approached me and said something along the lines of, hey, when my son told me he hired some mom with a camera, you rolled your eyes. Right. You said, but you're actually good. And you asked me to say- I didn't say it like that. I said, your work is beautiful. The bridles were be were absolutely sure beautiful was, and they were and they still are. amazing. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, we sat and talked a little bit at the reception and then we went out to lunch and I don't know if you remember this, but we were sitting at Worth Takeaway and I said, we should work together and you laughed and guess where I'm sitting. I know. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, I love that. So you shot my next to youngest son's wedding and yep. did a beautiful job and it was so awesome. And so I'm thank you for telling that story because now here we are. How long have you been working at the studio? So I started working in October of 2016 and then took the first part of 2017. You kind of were in transition with your team. And then I came back on August of 2017 and have never left. Awesome. Okay. So Stacy had her own thriving photography business. Obviously, you're shooting weddings, events, some commercial portraits. Correct. Yeah. My main goal was weddings, but I did a lot of families to mm -hmm. get weddings. And then I did through those families, a lot of them were business owners. So I'd end up doing commercial. And then I never enjoyed newborns, but of course, people would bring me newborns. Right. And so I kind of did a little of everything. <laughs> Okay. I love it. So then fast forward and you had come in and helped us because you're a brilliant retoucher, brilliant retoucher. And so you'd come in and helped us out through the busy season while at the same time running your business. And so you were yeah. kind of a little bit crazy there. And then... That's to put it very mildly. Yes. <laughs> it was a lot crazy. It was a lot crazy. And so then it just seemed like it worked out naturally that 
you would just come to work with us on our team. And so tell me, and this is, these are actually probably questions I haven't really asked you before. So (laughs) if this goes south, we just, this will never (laughs) see the light of day and we'll be fine. So how was it when you were making that decision to close your portrait studio and come to work with another portrait studio? Like what were your thought processes behind that? How did that work out? I think part of it that worked well for me was age. If I had been in my, let's say, 20s or 30s to come work for someone like you who has such a name in the industry and has your business mind is so much stronger than any other photographer I know, to be able to come and work for you and like gather all that knowledge and then move on. That would have been my goal younger, older. I had run my own business for 15 years. So I knew what that was like. Right. I knew all the ups and downs of that. Sure. And so that was a very purposeful choice. That was not an accident. For me, it was a purposeful choice to say, I want to join your team. I want to be part of this. I felt like I could do more, be a bigger contributor and ultimately have the ATJ studio be more with us together. And so that was my goal. And, And I think I told you that pretty much from the beginning, that I'm not the young girl who wants to come in, learn all your secrets and then leave. I wanted to stay and build. I love it. Well, and it's been a growth process for both of us because when you're the solo photographer and the solopreneur, which I was for a long time, I might've always had, had help, but it was really hard to think, oh, this is going to be so scary. Like taking on another photographer, like what if she does exactly what you just said, like comes in. But the one thing that I, I have a lot of failings, but I think one of the things that I'm pretty good at, and I was good at this in my scrapbooking store too, is I'm really good at seeing talent. And I could see, you know, when I saw those images that you'd created for Harrison and Allie, what beautiful work that was. And I could also see what a good person you are, like what a kind, good, like you you have like a very good energy about you. And the reason I'm saying that is not to flatter you, but is when other photographers that are listening to this are thinking about, okay, when I hire somebody and I want to add to my team, what kind of people, what kind of person do I want to get? And it's been said a million times, but you want to get people, you want to add people to your team that have qualities that can't be trained. And the things that can't be trained are integrity, happiness, a general kindness and goodness. Those are really things that can't be trained. Almost everything else can be trained. Now, that being said, you came with a solid skill set of you're a really good photographer, also an amazing retoucher. And so when you first came in, we thought, okay, you're going to come in and you're going to retouch for a while just on a as needed or like contract yeah. basis. And then when we, we thought, okay, we'll bring you into the business and it was, you're going to also shoot. And so now what you're doing is Stacy is shooting all of our high school seniors. And then she's also shooting all of our commercial work, which has greatly relieved my workload in those areas, which is really awesome. And then she's also shooting families as well. Some of the families were kind of working into that. So that has worked out really good, but it was not without its problems. It's, and the problems <laughs> had nothing to do with you. It had to do with my own getting out of my own way and my own fear of like, I mean, we're all just, I don't know. I don't know if it's just an entrepreneurial thing if we're just so self-centered, but like my clients are never going to want anybody but me. And really I found that that actually isn't true. What they want is they want 
what we have created, which is the ATJ process or the studio and having beautiful imagery and having a good experience and a good time. So what I would love to talk about today after that long introduction (laughs) is how, because you, we came into the industry at about the same time, we were exposed to a lot of the same ideas, but we very much diverged in how we created our businesses. And then now that you are part of the team, now that we're part of the same team, we're doing things a little bit differently. And so you had thoughts about that and I would love to hear what they are. I honestly think my biggest failing as a photographer slash businesswoman. So I was in business before this. I managed a company for several years. And also in my college experience, my major is organizational communications and negotiation, not photography related at all. (laughs) So I had business experience. So I think that's one of the reasons I was able to stay in business for 15 years is I had built up a great clientele that was very loyal and they had a great experience with me. They loved the product. But my biggest downfall was I looked around me to see what everyone else was doing and did that. And what everyone else was doing was broken. It wasn't working. It was that you need to have more clients, more, more, more. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things you always say is don't want more, want better. It's more about Mm -hmm. quality. It's more about the experience. I actually have a note sitting here on my computer that's been sitting here for a long time that just says, slow down (laughs) because my personality is that go, 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 get it done, get it done, get it done. And you've had to help me go, no, 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 fast isn't always better. Because that was one of the things I was known for in my business was quick turnaround. I was Mm -hmm. really quick. It was great quality, but it was, it was quick. I was fast. That's what I was known for. But I also neglected my family for that. (laughs) You know, my husband at one time actually sat down and he's like, this is an intervention. (laughs) You cannot live in your office. And it took me kind of going, oh, wow. I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. Right. And I was doing it for very little money because I wasn't doing the business part correctly. Because you were selling just the digital files primarily. Yeah. I kind of went back and forth over the years. I never, ever sold like we do here at the studio where it's like large portraiture for your walls. But I did sell product for Mm -hmm. probably about half my time as a photographer, but it was always smaller. 16 by 20 was bigger. Right. (laughs) And But I think... The thing that I think is really instructive and the reason, there's many reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast, but is that I don't think for sure you're not alone. Like, you know that because you are in groups with other photographers. Oh yeah. And what everybody was doing is, well, everybody wants digital files. I remember having a conversation with a guy that was a photographer at my gym. And uh, I said, so what are you guys selling these days? And he's like, Allison, you know that everybody has Photoshop now on their computer, right? Like they just want digital files so that they can do their own thing with it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, but you're not selling anything like canvases. He's like, well, I mean, yeah, our big sales have like canvas and stuff like that. But most people, they just want digital files. So I'm like, why do would they? Or do they think they do? Right, exactly. You know? So anyway, so I, I think that it's been interesting the conversations that we have had about what you think. And so your thought was, okay, people just want digital files and correct me if I'm assuming anything that's wrong. And then they want them fast. They want things really, really quick. And if I do them fast, I can get more clients. I can work more. I shot almost exclusively outdoors 
I uh, use off-camera flash a lot, but still you want to use either sunrise or sunset, which means you usually have one session a day, sometimes two. Mm -hmm. So mine was quantity. You know, Mm -hmm. yes, I feel like I gave my clients quality, but in order to get the financial gains that I wanted, it was more clients because I didn't realize that there was so much money being left on the table and so many more opportunities, more importantly, I think so many more opportunities to serve my client in ways that I hadn't thought, like I would give them a disc of 200 photos. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do with those? They don't have the software to sit and compare each image and go, oh, this one has better expression than that one. Mm-hmm. Or this one's lighted a little bit better. You're just giving them work. <laughs> And right, right. Overwhelming. Well, and not only do they not have the software to compare those two, they don't have the visual ability to compare the two because they don't, they don't right. have the training. They don't know what to look for. Yeah. But it seems logical that that's what they would want. Or if it's not a, you know, that a disc was when we started, but whether right. it was like a pixie set or, a, or you know, gal- some kind yeah. of an online gallery yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So what about that? When you first came into the studio, were there things that you remember that you're like, oh, that's different or, you know, that you had questions about or? The the biggest thing for me, I think the very first thing that was hardest for me to swallow was our turnaround time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, for me with my clients, a week was a long time mm-hmm. <laughs> and I came here and it was like six weeks, I think at the time. And mm-hmm. then now with COVID and everything, it's even longer, Right. but six weeks, I was like six weeks, I've got to get them systemized so that we can get this going faster. <laughs> and, and what I've learned is faster isn't better, <laughs> especially when it comes to the client experience. If it takes time, then that fills quality and it's, more labor intensive by far. It takes, we have a staff at this point. It's not just like me, you and Ivan or you, Ivan and Jessica, you know, like we're growing and that wasn't possible for me alone. Sure. But I wanted to do all the things. Even now you have to pull me back and say, Stacey, you can't do all the things. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Stop trying to do someone else's job. Oh, it was me and was listening to this. I would be like, you're slowing her down. That's hilarious. Cause you're, you never, you're nothing goes fast enough for you. But the difference is that when you have, and I think that's interesting because I've never really thought about this until you just said that, that when you're dealing with a digital product, they do expect it like immediately mm-hmm. because they don't see that it has no tangible, you know, there's not a physical product. So when there's a physical product, well, not only just the product itself, but our process is slower in that we are doing the consultation ahead of time so that we can get the game plan, then the session, then they're coming in and viewing the images and we're designing what they're going to put on their wall. And only then after those decisions have been finalized, are we putting things into production? And then, you know, because you and Ivan, I think you have like three titles right now. Like, I don't know, (laughs) photographer, production manager, (laughs) all the things, you know, queen of queen of the world. But you know, like, especially lately with some of the labor stuff that's been going on, we have one canvas. Is it in like the third or fourth printing right now? It's at least the third. It might be the fourth. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. The problems we're having and with our best labs, even. Yeah. Don't mention any names, but because everybody's having problems right now. Yeah. But it just, yeah. Even with our best labs, ones we've used for years and years and highly recommend. Yeah. They're short staffed. Their quality control isn't quite what it has been in the past. And it's just, everything's harder and taking longer. Yeah. 
But even when it wasn't, like even in the before times of before COVID, quality does take time. And that's not, I've heard photographers talk about like, well, you know, you need to make it go slower so that people feel like it's sexier or more valuable or whatever. And we don't ever slow things up just for perceptions, no, no, no. but it just does take that amount of time. And we, we have a lot of clients, you know, we don't have, when you're thinking of me as a shoot and burn photographer, you shoot it. I come home, I download it into the Lightroom, do some globals, pick my very favorites, retouch those. And I was retouching 40 to hundred images and then giving them to my clients. So that is ridiculous. You can see why my husband was like intervention. Well, it's like you said, you said your kids would come home and all they said was the back of your head for weeks at a time. Oh yeah. My husband loves to take the kids out on little adventures, whether it's a drive to go somewhere or just over to QT to get a drink. But they would joke on the way home. It's like, where do you think mom will be when we get home? Mm. She'll be in her office. And yeah, it w- it's sad to me to look back on. I miss yeah. a big chunk of my kids' lives. And yeah. I'm just glad I'm doing it differently now. Yeah, <laughs> it's never no, too for late, sure. Right? It's no, it's not. Late. And I did the same when I first started. I did the same thing. So, and I had my business in my home and same thing, which is why I was kind of glad to get it out of my house because yeah. then I could leave it. You know, I think we all could say that we would like more really great qualified leads. But what happens when we get contacted by a potential new client? We sometimes have that pit in our stomach of, oh, it's not a good time right now. I don't want to call them. What if they ask me hard questions? Oh, I don't really know that I have the words to say. And we put it off until we call and they've already booked somebody else. Or maybe we don't ever call or we're just letting things fall through the cracks. So if you ever find yourself in this type of situation and you feel like, I just don't know the words to say, or I don't know how to talk to these people, or am I doing it wrong? I have a solution for all three of those things. If you go to dotherework.com, we have three different free resources for you. One is our ultimate client consultation guide that is going to help you step-by-step walk that prospective client through your process, how it is that you work. It has all the little speed bumps, so to speak, along the way to help you remember to say all the things that you need to say. Next is our cheat sheet of frequently asked difficult questions that has an exhaustive list of all the hard questions that clients come up with that will help you get started on answering those confidently so that you don't have that feeling in the pit of your stomach anymore. And you're going to pick up that phone immediately. And lastly is our sales sabotage evaluation tool. And that is going to help you to figure out where you are screwing it up because we all do at one time or another. So go to dotherework.com and wherever you're at in your business, if you're needing to rework your message, if you're needing to rework your answers, if you're needing to rework your sales process, they are all right there on that very first page. They are free. They are resources to help you in your business. Go do it. Download them now and start doing better. Start booking those clients confidently and start selling them your gorgeous, beautiful work because they need it. Okay. So coming into ATJ and things are different. So you realize like things are taking longer because we are building, you know, we're There's creating so finished product. Happening. Right. You know, but even the retouching, what I would retouch in maybe a few days, or I'm trying to think of, I just, I retouch much quicker 
mm-hmm. because I had so many images to retouch. Right. Now we might get an order that has four to seven images on it. And right. that's their whole order. So I can really take time to, it, it, it is an art. Mm-hmm. I love the art of retouching and it, it truly is an art. And I feel like I'm making a stamp on every single image that leaves our studio. Yeah. And it's the ATJ brand. Like it is not leaving the studio unless it is amazing. Yeah, that's all you because we have situations where I, I think there's no way this can be different or this picture is perfect except for this toddler that just like ruined it. Yeah. And then the next thing I know, you'll be like, hey, I heard you say that you didn't like that. And I found another toddler and I popped it in there. What do you think? And then it's like this perfect thing, which yeah. is so amazing. We had another example. Okay, so we had this client and we did this big portrait of their family, big 40 by 60 framed in aroma frame. It was thousands of dollars. It's absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. And six months later, her neighbor came in and was we were doing her view and order. And she said, did you hear what happened with Susan? We'll use her name, <laughs> pseudonym. Did you hear what happened with Susan's son? He got divorced after six months. And I'm like, what did she do with that image, with that portrait? And she's like, I don't know, but she was devastated. So Stacy, the backside of her office backs onto mine. And so there's no ceiling. There's no, the walls don't go all the way to the ceiling. So she can overhear what's being said in my office. So she heard that. And I just said, oh, I've got to call, I said to the client, I've got to call her, I've got to call Susan because this is so horrible. I feel so bad. Well, during this time, by the time the client left the office, Stacy had said, hey, I think I can retouch that daughter-in-law out and we can fix the family picture, which we did. And this was like, this was like first of December, the year that we did it. And we were able to make a miracle, a Christmas miracle happen for this family <laughs> because Stacy has the ability to do that, which was such a huge add to our team. That skill set was unbelievable. Well, so and thank that's you for that. something I think just as far as your listeners and as they're thinking about hiring employees is learning their skill set and embracing that. Like, I think that was hard at first for you to realize that maybe I could create something that you hadn't seen or that Mm -hmm. you didn't know was quite possible. And so like that retouching of that girl and her husband, it wasn't just retouch her out because she was on the edge. Like I Mm -mm. had to take her out. I had to clone in the brother. Then I had to move the husband from a totally different image. And it took like six images to create it. And when it was done, it was amazing. You never would have known she was there. Yep. But unless you have extensive retouch experience, you wouldn't know necessarily that was possible. So I find the same thing goes with in our process. After we shoot, the card comes to me and I download it into Lightroom and then make a pro select catalog. And I do the first initial culling and deciding which are the favorites. And then Allison goes in and goes from there. And for a long time, I just would try to do what I thought you wanted. Mm -hmm. And then over time, as I became more confident in our relationship and felt you being more confident in me, it allowed me to start to create some things already. So now, you know, when you open a pro select catalog, a lot of times there are images in there that are PSDs, which means I've already done some Photoshop magic. Yep. And so I think trusting those employees and finding little nuggets of skills you didn't know you even wanted, very beneficial. A hundred percent. Because I feel like the classic entrepreneurial mistake with employees is that you hire somebody and then because you have this internal little red hen 
which is I have to do everything. No one who will help me do this. No one's going to help me. I have to do everything. And nobody can do it as well as I can, or nobody cares as much as I do. And then you actually set about making that true. And you micromanage people to death to where they're like, if they aren't smart, even marginalize them even more, because then they just expect you to come along and tell them everything that they have to do which really reduces why you need an employee in the first exactly. place. Yeah. Or you get out of your own way and get out of your own head and realize, okay, other people have brains and they are smart and they can figure things out and they do care. And you can train them if you have a specific vision and a specific idea and brand that can be trained. If they right. have those other characteristics of integrity and, and all of those other things yeah. and they, they want to be on the team. So that's the thing I'm most proud of is that I feel like I've grown as a person by just like backing off and just like letting you guys do more of what is and already good. For you. Like so I, I watched it become easier. Yeah. And I think it's taken patience on both of our sides as far as I could have early on gone, she doesn't see what I'm valuable and she's not appreciating this or that. Yeah. But I knew it would come. I knew that we had a good work balance. The first full year I was here in 2017 when I started with mm-hmm. just after Jessica had come on. I really noticed what a good team the four of us made. I felt like we were, you know, like a a gear set that Mm -hmm. just intermingles and works so well because you and Jessica think very similarly and Mm -hmm. Ivan and I think very similarly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we fill each other's vacancies, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and it just, I noticed really quickly what a great team we were and that it needed all of our parts. But that, I think it was accidental. I mean, I'd love to take credit for like all of that because it's hard. I think when you think a certain way, you kind of think everybody else should think that same way, you know? And so Jessica and I, we tend to move very fast. There's a lot of fallout. There's not a lot of detail happening. And then Ivan is OCD and detailed to the max. He's so detailed, but he's very slow. He would say thorough. (laughs) And, And that's true. He is very thorough. But I I have had to learn to appreciate that you're fast, but you are also thorough. And so I think it's hiring and, you know, you've, we've read the business books. Everybody says hire what you don't have, right? but it's really hard to do that because usually what you don't have, the qualities that you don't have reside in a person that doesn't necessarily think the same way that you do. Right. And sometimes that's hard to appreciate because when you value, oh, I value fast and I value whatever, all of these qualities that I supposedly have, then it's hard to look at somebody else and go, oh, okay, no, actually I do need that. So it took me a while. It took me a while. So sorry that it took me <laughs> this long to appreciate, to truly, and I, I, you know, to truly appreciate because now it's like you say, now we look at this and now we've added Caitlin, who's like a whole yeah. other skill set exactly, and young, like, and we're looking none at of us are. How did we survive without her? Right. We needed her to make this even more complete. For sure. For sure. So now your job is, has kind of morphed into, you're really basically the studio manager for all intents and purposes. You're kind of like the air traffic controller of like the nag, I would say. You just get to have permission to nag everybody to do all the things that they're supposed to be doing. You're still doing the retouching. You're shooting a lot more. 
but also now what are we do? We're starting to shift some of your stuff off of you. So yeah, starting to shift more retouching off of me, which is a double-sided sword, I guess, because mm-hmm. I do really enjoy that. But I also am quickly realizing I cannot do all things, <laughs> you know, yep. it just, our studio is too busy and we need to have our own pockets that we fit in and I cannot do all things. So I am retouching less. I'm doing more recently. I've been doing more in design, but I think we'll eventually have a designer who does more of that as mm-hmm. I'm shooting more. Also, I'm yeah. shooting a lot more right now. And that's something I love. I love the client interaction. I love the actual shooting. That's my happy place. I love it. Yeah. The creative part. So going back to coming into the business and obviously I don't think the shooting was that really that different to what you shooting in studio obviously was different than shooting on location. But um, as far as what the client's we were talking the other day kind of about the idea of quality over quantity. And I think that's kind of like our overarching mm-hmm. theme for this episode is that, you know, before it was like, how can I give them as many things as possible? Because we think, of course, more is better, you know, more right. is more is more. And what are your thoughts on that? Like the quantity over the quality over quantity. It's had to be a real mind shift for me because my philosophy in life has been more is better. Whether it's like, oh, Tide tells me to put in one Tide pod. Maybe I should use two because that's going to be better. You know, honestly, like that is my motto in life. (laughs) And I, yeah, I always go by that. And so obviously how you make more money is more clients. Like it, for whatever reason, did not occur to me that I could somehow have a different experience and a different process that would get fewer clients, like that I could have taken some of my best because I think anyone who's been in business for 10 minutes realizes that the clients that are the hardest are usually the clients who pay you the least as well. The Mm -hmm. more they pay you, the more they seem to trust you and appreciate you. So why not cater to those top clients and give them an incredible experience? And everyone wins from that, right? Yep. There's no loser in that. Well, but it is counterintuitive. It is it counterintuitive is. because the squeaky wheel definitely gets the grease. And oh, yeah. sometimes that squeaky wheel, you're so busy greasing them that yep. you can't even pay attention to who is really actually a better client. And that definitely was brought home to me one year when I was doing like the 13th revision on on a holiday card for a client that was really hard and realized I had been ignoring my very best client because she wasn't going to nag me. And so I think that is true. When you're dealing with the higher end, the higher end client is buying... I was just talking earlier with Kim Wiley on the podcast episode, just about that what really a lot of what they're paying for is the convenience of not having to... They're trusting you to just be the keeper of the family memories, the documenter. And then however you figure that out, just make that happen. Yeah. We had a client call a week or two ago. Let's call her Julie. There you go. (laughs) Julie called and she said... I was the only one here at the time. So I took her call and was booking her and I have shot commercial stuff for her. And then you have shot family stuff for her. And Mm -hmm. she's like one of our faves. We love her. She's amazing. And first off, she told me I should have a podcast, which cracked me up. I'm like, why would you say that? She goes, you have a good podcast voice. (laughs) I'm like, well, Allison said I could be on the podcast. Yes. (laughs) 
There you are. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yes. But she has such trust in us that I said she wanted to schedule like three different shoots. She totally took my advice on what she should shoot. We ended up with two shoots, one for the kids and one for the family. She was totally fine with me shooting one and you shooting the other. And then she said something that I've never heard a client say. I said, well, let's schedule your view in order. She said, I don't need a view in order. Allison will just tell me what to buy and where to put it. And I was... (laughs) I mean, I know her and love her, but I still was a little taken aback that anyone would trust us that much. Like she honestly didn't even need to see the images. She just knew that whatever you were going to do was going to be most beneficial for her and make her house look amazing and make her kids have fun and make her husband happy that he was there. Right. It's interesting because I have talked to Julie quite a bit (laughs) and she's super busy. She's a CEO of her company. Oh yeah. She runs all the sales for her company. She has two young children and she, her son is in a sport that requires a lot of time and she does not have time, but she loves portraits and she wants her kids documented. And so she really does not want to deal with it. And so when you hear that, you know, even when you told me that was so funny, I just thought that is amazing. Gosh, it would be so nice if everybody was like that. But I do feel like that we, most of our clients, they really trust what it is that we do. So if you're listening to this and you have clients that maybe don't trust you, or you've been geared toward more volume work or whatever, it is possible. And how it's possible is just by putting it out there that that is how you do it. And that's, it's by building that process. And by bringing in a team of people that have helped, that have abilities in areas that I don't, it's allowed me to focus more on the things that I am good at, which is like building the processes and helping the client, you know, that client experience and that sort of thing, which we're all part of the same team. Well, it's like, you know, the field of dreams saying, what is it? Build it and they will come. Yeah. I think that is kind of what you're teaching is you're teaching them how to build it and the clients will come. I think sometimes the rework students want it to be immediate. And unfortunately, that's not the way it works. It takes time. And we've really noticed that when we do an auction or something like that, it's at least a year, a lot of times two and three years before we start seeing the fruits of that. But the thing is, is it's a cumulative effect that over time, those two years, and then the year before that adds on and the year before that. And it's, I feel like, we kind of hit this time where you're a snowball rolling downhill and it's right. just more and better clients are coming and it's all because of the experience and the processes that you've set up. Well, and the team that makes it all happen because we're at a place now where I honestly, if somebody, if you told me five years ago, in five years or less, you are going to be able to know that even if you're not in the building, somebody's going to be able to answer the phone, book a client and take the client through your whole process without, and you didn't have to do any of it. And that it will be like 90% of what you would have said yourself. That's amazing. It really is so awesome. Well, I love you and I appreciate all of your talents. And I'm so glad that you're on my team. I'm so glad that you quit the other team. I'm so glad you quit team. <laughs> my own burn. team. <laughs> yeah. No, because you're still shooting weddings. But I, I, I think the thing that I've realized is that we're all actually working for the same team. Yeah. And it's not me. It's the bigger thing, which is the brand. It's the ATJ brand that is delivering amazing work to our clients and that they can have a great experience. And we all equally contribute to that team. And I think you're I think a huge that part of that. Is huge. I think 
your observation of that at one of our staff meetings, I think was super helpful to me, probably to all of us, but like some people have asked me, your work is you, meaning me, my work mm-hmm. is leaving the studio with your signature on it. They're like, how are you okay with that? Well, cause mm-hmm. we all work for ATJ. We're all yeah. part of ATJ. So it's our team. It's not me. It's not you. It's all of us. Right. Yeah. Because it I feels like yeah. it's a bigger purpose in my life. I'm Allison Jones and right. the business is Allison Tyler Jones, just because there's so many Allison Joneses out there. Yeah. But I did, when we had that staff meeting, I kind of did have that realization of like, you know, all the great brands that are out there, Coco Chanel has been dead for a long time, you know, but that brand is still there. And that all of those designers and people that are working and designing for that brand is still legit. It still has legs. And so if we can all keep that going and, and then what is the Allison Tyler Jones brand? It's not me shooting it. The, what it is, is it's, we love family and all of us are aligned on that. We all love our families to distraction, even though they drive us insane, which is also part of the brand that your kids exactly. are naughty and that, yeah, they're we love real, the naughty. that they're real people, that they're humans, that you see that interaction of that one kid that is going to literally either end up in jail or be president of the United States. We don't know <laughs> either way. Right. Um, that, you know, yes, you love your husband. Sometimes he drives you crazy. You know, all of those things are in that brand. And then, then the end result, is that we're creating something that never is going to come off your wall, that it's going to be there for now. And then we have a a long-term plan going forward. And so I think all of us in our own way, you have art of your family hanging on the walls of your home. I do. Jessica does. Caitlin does. So it's, we're all in, we're all partakers of that whole thing. And so that allowed me to get out of my own way Rather than it being my way, it was like now the brand is morphing into something beyond me, which I really, really love. And that's kind of like taking a lot of pressure off my shoulders too. Which that's one of my goals. (laughs) To take pressure off your shoulders and just make it something even better. Because one person, we only, each one of us only has so much vision and so much bandwidth. But you put multiple people together and all of a sudden it can become more than we even thought possible. Yeah. What's the thing? The sum is greater than the, parts. what's the, yeah, something. It's greater than its parts, I believe. The individual parts or I don't know. I think it's a math term, which is why I can't say it. But <laughs> anyway, but I'm really grateful that you're on my team and you did a beautiful job documenting that gorgeous wedding of my child. And I'm so glad that we, I knew you were a good egg when we were having that conversation (laughs) at that wedding reception. You know, most people are enjoying their kids wedding reception. I'm recruiting, you know, that just tells you where where we're at. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, but I I appreciate you, all the talents and, and energy and everything that you bring and just the love and care that you give to me and to our clients. It's just, I just hope you know how much it's appreciated. We just appreciate you you so much. I love love being here. I love you. And it's awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Allison. Have I told you lately how much I appreciate you being here? I know that you have so many demands on your time and so many demands on your attention. You could be watching Netflix. You could be listening to a true crime podcast. But you've spent time here at The Rework learning to make your portrait business better. And that really means a lot to me. If there's somebody that you feel like could benefit from this episode, that you could help them and help us spread the word in helping other portrait photographers build better businesses, please go to where you're listening to this episode and hit that share button and share it with them. And if you have time and can give us a review, you don't even understand 
how much that means to a little tiny podcast like ours to see those reviews and see how we're helping. And if you have another minute and can send me a DM and let us know what you would like to hear in the future, what you really enjoyed hearing about, maybe things that weren't that great, how we can do better. We always want to do better and we always want to support the portrait photography industry and helping you build the best businesses ever. Thanks again so much for being here. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework. 